one. Hello, everybody. Welcome to Tower Casuals, the Destiny podcast here on Boss Rush Games. I am one of your hosts, Corey Deere. Get alongside me, as always, is the lore guide. Huh? Huh? Is that any better, yeah. Josh Finney? Huh? Huh? Yeah, yeah. We're you know we're getting there. We'll we'll get there one of these years. I'll get there. I'll find something. I'm just gonna find a bunch of words that go good with lore, and then once somebody likes one that we pick, it's just gonna be. Yeah, it's gonna I'm happen. Proud of you. One of these days. You do what your heart tells you. Do do what your heart tells you to do, Corey. I mean, if I did what my heart wanted me to do, I would be throwing my PlayStation out the window. But that's just me. As the uh, <clears throat> as the fireworks shows at Disney always remind us, uh, believe in your dreams and believe in yourself, mm-hmm. and anything is possible, my friend. <laughs> yeah. Man, I was looking at some Disney pictures this week, by the way. It feels like forever mm-hmm. since I've been, and it was just March. <laughs> yeah, and Chelsea was saying that the other day. She's like, look at the pictures of us. She's like, we look so happy there. She's like, oh, we've looked that happy in like seven months now. I'm like, well, because we haven't. <laughs> There's definitely gray that's coming in in my hair and in my beard. It's, it's not even gray. Like, It's just bypassed straight to white. Yeah. Um, and it's it's a problem. Like we we looked it up, and uh, she, like she was uh, talking about it with some nurses at work, and apparently it's like a sign of like extreme stress. Like that's why presidents like their hair grays and whites when they're in office, even if they came in with like a full head of black or like yeah. Brown you look hair. at you look at Obama's before and af- after. Oh yeah, it's oh my god, dude. Like I, I'm just like oh my god. I'm, I'm gonna look like that in like three years if this keeps <laughs> going on the way that it is. This is terrible. Like, uh, yeah, I need my hair to stop falling out. I need to stop having white hair show. I had white hair in my beard, man. Like, that's part. The whole reason why I shaved my beard is because I was finding white hairs, and I was like, okay, that's not too bad. And then I found like five or six, like right next to each other. It was a very noticeable spot. And I was like, nope, that's it. The whole thing's gone. It, it's over. It's gone. Yeah, I uh, it gets worse every time I shave too. Just telling you. Yeah. Every time yeah, I shave, it, I just, it's not great. I mean, I don't even have kids, man. Like, I I don't know. It's a uh, look. It's some people say it's distinguished. I say it's worrisome. So it's it's it is. I'm not even thirty, and I have white in my beard and in my hair. I'm very concerned. I'm 33. I have white in my beard, and I'm losing my hair quicker than I would have liked to admit. So, yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. So, uh, I mean, your luscious locks are, you know, uh, my luscious locks are not nearly as luscious as they used to be. Uh, they and they have definitely gotten less luscious the last couple of years, specifically this year. <laughs> yeah. Well, let's let's be honest. This this year hasn't exactly been a cakewalk. Uh, <laughs> no. And so it's, I mean, you know, because your wife is an essential worker or your girlfriend is an essential worker and I am, uh, yeah. I am also yeah. apparently an essential worker. So it's, it's been a, it's not, not been a cakewalk. So in Ohio and Texas, we it, love you. Yeah. And our governor has COVID now and, uh, yeah, it's just, I'm in the middle of trying to do an across state move. This is, uh, you really it picked. Just, a, it goes from bad to worse. You know, Josh, you really picked a great time to move. 
<laughs> you know, we, we picked a hell of a time to move down here, okay, which was last October. And, you know, we're like, oh, okay, you know, we're going to we're gonna get through Christmas. I'm going to take a much-needed break. We've been living on a lot less than I care to admit for a couple of years. Uh, th- this is great. You know, I'm, I'm going to take some time. I'm going to recharge my mental health. I did. I lined up all these interviews. We went on a nice vacation. We come back from the vacation, and my interviews start getting canceled. And I'm like, what, the, what like, what's going on? Um, yeah. Thanks a lot, global pandemic. Yeah. Three job offers all revoked in a two-week period. It was fantastic. Thank you so much for that. So now we're moving back in case, God forbid, because they are laying off hospital workers in the state of Texas. God forbid she loses her job. So that is why we're moving home. That's like the one job they can't afford to get. That's like the one job they can't afford. Literally can't. You literally can't afford it. It's, It's such a mess. But... It's all good. Ah, uh, man. Despite all that, guys. In uh, a sandwich. I know. They retweeted us. They listened to the show. I know. I know. It's great. It's really fun because, like, exciting. look, if we just keep talking about them, maybe, maybe, just maybe, we'll get some Merle sandwich. I'm just saying. I really want some. We have some actual proof and some actual evidence that they listened to the show. Because yeah. Where's they, this tweet they, at? They specifically listened to, to, yeah, where's the top 10 sandwich rankings? And is the holiday sub going to be up there? And it's like, well, you know, I mean, you'll, you'll have to tune in and find out when we eventually do it. But yeah, I, we are I, not going to be the sandwich casuals this week. No, no, we are. We are going to. I will not be a sandwich casual this week. I can't do it again. I mean, we are not sandwich casuals when it comes to Earl's sandwich. Let's let's be real here. No, we're, we're not. We could probably do like a fifteen week mini series on Earl's sandwich at some point and have something literally to talk about every single time. Probably, and I don't know whether that's impressive or it's depressing, but it's one of the two. Yes. Why not both? <laughs> Why not both? To be fair, Earl's sandwich is nothing is nothing even close to depressing. It's like if you're depressed, you go to Earl's sandwich to not be depressed. It's like the one constant that we have right now. It's death taxes and Earl's sandwich. Yeah, yeah. Maybe that's maybe that's the name of the episode. Death taxes and Earl's sandwich. <laughs> oh, maybe. Man. Dude, they, they tweeted out a picture of the Earl's Club today, and I was just like, oh, my gosh, oh. What, what I wouldn't do for an Earl's Club. What I wouldn't do just to, like, get out of Texas right now, okay? Let's be completely frank. Like, it's it, it's bad. Yeah. yeah. It's bad. It, it's it, it's hotter than hell here. Like, guys, we, we are in the middle of, like, the hottest on average summer that Austin has ever had by, like, five degrees like the average summer temp is ninety seven point like three or something is the average summer high. The average summer high this year has been one hundred two point seven. Yeah, that's warm. Uh, it is. It is like low key one of the worst things. Like my my cooling bill is just through the roof right now, and I I, I don't even care. I'm just like you know what we we have plenty of money in the savings. I'm making a big boy decision, and that AC is gonna run until I can't run anymore. I guess just stop turning it off every five minutes. I, I got to leave it running. Yep. It's it's bad, especially at night. It doesn't get below, like, the temperature outside may get down to 80 if we're lucky. But with the heat index, it's still, like, 85 at night. So I just, I have to leave it running at all times. It's just unbearable. Unbearable. 
Yeah. No rain in sight. It's it is the do not ever do summer in Texas, friends. Do not ever do it. It's it's among the worst things that could ever happen to you. Yeah, that sounds 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 terrible. So, uh, before we get into the show, I do have to say, look, if just going back to Earl's sandwich real quick, oh God. if Chipotle can announce a Tony Hawk burrito, Earl of sandwich can announce a tower Casuals sandwich. Yep. Just read him. Just read him the Earl's club, the tower Casuals club. There you go. Yep. It's, it's easy fix. Easy fix. We just did, I'd even settle for a Hawaiian casuals barbecue. Yeah. Oh, that's uh, a I'd good even one. settle for that. I, I, I'd settle for it. Give it to me. Give, Maybe. give me like the give me the uh, the Aris Morn melt or something. I don't know. The, I look Earl Sandwich. We know you listen to the show. We know. We have proof. We know. We know. Just spray these on a piece of paper. Slide it to Earl himself. Just give it to Earl and be like, let's make this happen. Cade Cookies, like, come on. We are we are handing you free marketing materials here, if, my friends. If Zavala was to have his own sandwich at Earl's Sandwich, what would what would be on the Zavala sandwich? It would Man, have to be called like he, it would have to be called the the Indeed. Oh, it would absolutely have to be like the indeed indelectable or something. I I don't know, but th- this man, I I feel like he's very by the book. He's very cookie cutter. You, you got to have a couple slices of thin cut ham. I, I imagine my man needs plenty of meats though, so he may go crazy with some roast beef. You know, some, maybe some melted cheeses on there. Definitely some lettuce. Uh, probably dice up. He, he, again, he's a very plain man. Like uh, dice up some tomatoes and put them on there. Literally the worst topping you can imagine on a sandwich is a watery tomato and um you know i i I don't i don't know what else you put on there like some hollandaise or something like what else do you put on there Hmm. Hmm. yeah i don't know man but that sounds like a disgusting sandwich too so it fits him if it sounds like something he would enjoy and nobody else lance reddick hit me on twitter and let me know yeah yes let's let's make this happen we're gonna make this happen we're gonna get I'm going to, if, if 2020 that... is going to be good for anything, it's going to be us willing a Tower Casuals section of the menu into existence at our favorite sandwich. Can we, what if, no, what if, what if we had, what if like the pinnacle of this show would be Lance Reddick coming on here to talk about Earl of Sandwich sandwiches <laughs> and convincing you know Earl what? I, That would be such a career moment for me. I wouldn't even be mad. I mean, we would have to end the show on that episode because there would be literally nowhere else to go. <laughs> <laughs> I just, oh man! Just, seriously, Earl, like, call me, call me, Earl. Like, yes. it's not hard. Pick up the phone, DM me. Sometimes we can talk about this in the DMs. You know, yeah. sl- slide in there. Just slide. Just it. slide on in. Our DMs are open. I'm at I am Corey in HD. Josh is at Josh underscore Finn with two ends. It's, it's with two ends. That's just hit that little envelope button. You know, slide in there. It'll be good to go. We'll be good to go. Uh. All right, let's talk about some Destiny. I'm sure people are thrilled about our sandwich discussions, which, look, Again. this is this is what... <laughs> look, it's just going to be a recurring seg- segment, okay? It's just going to happen. So. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. It's, not, it's not sandwich casuals anymore. We are not casuals when it comes to this. I'm, I'm just saying. Look, we got we got the raid report. We got this week's drops. We got Lore Corner. We got, we got 
Sandwich casuals. Sandwich. Sandwich casuals. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I mean, there we go. So, uh, so Josh, I'm going to ask you. Corey. I'm going to ask you about your drops this week. Oh. Okay, so. Or do you want me to go guys, first? Because I feel like you're. About I, I to want run. you to go first because I, I got a, I got I got a topic to bring up with my drop. Okay. So you, you go first, Corey. All right. I didn't really get any exotics. I played Iron Banner all week. I I did get Crimson. I've had Crimson though, so it wasn't really a big deal. But I got I did get Crimson. But did you uh, did you get the Iron Banner auto rifle to drop forward path? Yeah. Yes, I did. Uh, have you used it? Do you like it at all? It's it's fine. I mean, I like uh, gnawing hunger better. I feel like I yeah. just you know I just I I feel like gnawing hunger is better. Uh, but forward path is okay. I, I, Iron Banner is or Iron Banner gnawing hunger is uh, it's a best in class weapon, like hands down. Yeah. So I mean, I I've just I've literally just been using that the the entire time. And okay. Uh, yeah. So, but I did get the full. The full Titan set. I'm almost got the full Warlock set. Um, okay. But I, I might play a little bit after after we record here. I'm not sure, but uh, but that's pretty much all I did. I did get a seventh Seraph, another seventh Seraph shotgun. Um, okay. Uh, uh, solid guns, really solid shotgun. I really like the CQC. Yeah, I've had uh, I had one. Fan. I've I had mm-hmm. one, and I it was okay, but I think I got a better roll. On this one, I can't recall what the perks are offhand, but I know it's definitely better than the one I had. So for sure, for sure. So I mean, I I, I just started using it because it was powerful, honestly. And I and so, uh, what else did I get? I got something else too. Yeah, I'm, uh, hang on. I'm sorry. I'm on dim right now. I'm I'm pulling up my forward path. Uh, for anyone who does it, forward path is the it's a reprise of a year one. Iron Banner auto rifle, which was pretty bad in year one, but it's like honestly among the best auto rifles in the game right now. I would say probably only Gnawing Hunger, and I think Gnawing Hunger outclasses it, and I think it's pretty, probably tied with Summoner for the second best. Uh, it is a primary though, and the uh, the role that I'm running around with right now is um, for us. I got so I've got a. Uh, Clean shot, the clean shot sight, uh, which includes the ha- uh, increases handling speed and range. Uh, I've got the steady rounds, which increases stability and slightly decreases the range. Fourth times the charm and uh, iron grip. Uh, iron grip is the special perk that is only on this and on the fool's. I believe it's fool's remedy as the sidearm for Iron Banner this season. Uh, massively improves weapon stability at the cost of reload speed. Let me tell you something. That gun still reloads ridiculously quickly. And that's because I have a reload master work on. <laughs> but I uh, I really 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 like that that gun. Uh, when because there's gonna be a couple more Iron Banners this season, I encourage everybody to go do the Iron Banner quest this season, even if you don't like PvP, and then try to grind out better rolls on that gun because it claps. I don't. Aside from the couple times I've used Blast Furnace, I don't know that it's actually left my primary slot since I got it. Yeah. So. Yeah, uh, I mean, for my primary slot, I've been—I mean, I've just been using uh, Outbreak Perfected. Uh, haven't really yeah. taken it off unless I w- I've been using uh, uh, Ruinous Effigy. Then I switch over to uh, just a just a random auto rifle that I have that's powerful. I sure, just, sure. You know, I just look if I'm using a weapon, I'm just gonna just gonna use it. You know. Uh, yeah. So I, I've been trying to really actually try to get weapons that aren't really sunsetting at the end of the year though 
uh, yeah. or at the end of the season. And it's just been uh, kind of a grind from there. I've been using my umbrals towards some um, some seasonal weapons. But mm-hmm. you know, I'm just I'm just kind of like, well, is it worth it? Because like when the new season rolls around, everybody's going to be a blueberry for the first couple days, and then you start getting the new weapons and try to figure out what's good and what's you know. I definitely think as it stands right now, there's a handful of weapons. This is actually it's a topic I want to tackle in the next week or two, especially with the extension of the season now for another two months. Yeah. Um, is what are the best weapons to get now that are not being sunset in like the next season or two? Uh, because there's several this season that I think are really good to get regardless of the build that you do. Um, and, you know, maybe some of, some of the perks we want to look for on those, but uh, that is definitely something we need to go into. Um, I have a lot of people asking, well, you know, what, what do you run? What do you run? Um, and the only thing I, I preach is the, the Church of the Fallen Guillotine. Yeah. They, God, that, that gun is just not gun. Uh, that sword is, it's unfair. It's, it's just, it's a monster. It, it, that should not be legal, yeah. but I'm okay with it. I yeah. love it so much. Yeah, it's uh, Whew. yeah. I mean, it, you, you said it. You yeah. said it. So, uh, so what? What's what's going on? What's going on on uh, on you? You seem kind of uh, kerfluffled. So I'm not necessarily kerfuffled. First off, I'm ecstatic about the drop that I got. And again, this is part two of a four-part series here. Everything that I got in the greatest weekend of my life playing this game. Uh, Fallen Armaments. Fallen Armaments is a mod that can only drop from the Scourge of the Past raid, and more specifically can only drop from the Secret Chest at the end of the Sparrow Race. Um, you have one chance a week to get a mod to drop out of that chest. Um, which can also drop the exotic sparrow for the raid. Those, those are the things that primarily drop out of there. If not, you're just going to get a random legendary weapon from the raid. Fallen Armaments is a really, really cool uh, mod because it's one of those special perks that. Hang on, I want to. I want. I want to pull this up because I want to. I want to accurately be able to talk about this without getting kerfuffled and messing this up. Um, there's so many that are exactly the same, and this is this is part of why I want to talk about it. Um, so I really should have this pulled up. Okay, so fallen enemies killed with the player's grenades drop heavy ammo. Uh, fallen armaments is just an absolute monster. Of right. A mod. Um, yeah. They have the for hive, and I don't remember. They, I think they have them. Oh, they have them for Taken as well. Um, the Hive and Taken have them as well. And they are in uh, Last Wish and in Crown of Sorrow. The, these mods are really, really, really good for builds such as what we've dubbed the, uh, the uh, I think it's Bottom Tree Dawn Blade. Um, whatever one you can just spam the hell out of your super with and spam your grenades with... Um, Monte Carlo. We call it, we call it the Sun Carlo affectionately in the group that I play with. And that, like if you run that build with that mod, that's just that's monstrous. You're just dropping heavy ammo left and right. You can swap between running that and running like your, your sword or your swarm of the raven, whatever you want to. It's just it, it's not fair. These mods, my problem with them is you have to have a piece of black armory armor 
or I believe armor from Joker's Wild in order to slot this mod. Um, these are not retroactively updated like they were for uh, the past couple of seasons. Like I can still run mods for Season of Dawn on my Season of Arrivals armor, which is part of why Charged with Light works so well, is we can still use things like High Energy Fire and a few others. The problem with these mods is now you have a lot of us wanting to stack up our stack up raid armor, and we're like, oh, we're going to have to use stuff from other raids because that's what's going to help us in master level nightfalls going forward, etc. I guess part of what I'm getting at with this is, Bungie, we need to drop the seasonal requirement on raid mods. At the very least, raid mods need to have the seasonal thing dropped. I should not be locked out of using it. Like, I understand, like, the ones on the Leviathan, like, from the original uh, Leviathan raid, those are about to be completely useless. A lot of the Menagerie ones are about to be useless. But the ones from Last Wish, Garden of Salvation, uh, some of the ones from Crown of Sorrow, and the ones from Scourge of the Past are all still going to be useful. I don't think you should have to keep a set of armor around that cannot use any mods currently. Like the only thing I can actually use on those armor pieces is that mod because that's all I have from that season. Yeah. I, I can't use stuff from the season before, the season after. It, it it's real bad. You can only use seasons four and five, which would be uh, anything from Last Twitch or from Scourge of the Past, yeah. and that it severely limits you, and I understand that part of that is to make you think about your loadout a lot more, but I think it's a little bit ridiculous when you're doing that, like, okay, well, am I going to go, because I want the extra stats, like, am I just going to go really masterwork pieces of armor from an old raid just to use these mods? Like, I want to be able to get fallen armaments, like, when that got dropped, I was like, oh my god, yes, this is the best possible thing I could have going into the Deepstone Crypt raid this fall which is almost certainly going to be a Fallen-themed raid. Yeah. Please, God, don't let it be yet another Taken raid. Yeah. No, like, I think I think it's going to be Fallen. I, I, it, I, it, to me, it has to be. Yeah. Like, at, le at the very least, Fallen using Stasis or something. Like, it, it's got to do something. But, the and these are really cool mods, and you can make really cool builds with them. Like, I would love to have a reason to run them in... Like, for example, the next time Exodus Down comes around as a Nightfall, like, baby, I'm ready. I got that I got that armor ready to go. Especially now that it's updated to last for a whole another year. But we come back to the whole topic of, do I really want to upgrade a whole piece of armor to use this? Like, yes, these are awesome mods, especially the armament mods. Taken, Fallen, and Hive armaments are among some of the absolute best drops you can get right now out of the rings. The uh, absolute cream of the crop drops right there. Yeah because of what they let you do and you can you can you can be a little bit more free with things like you, know, you can use your xenophage a little bit more for example like that's that's great in a raid like crown of sorrow that is invaluable that you can use that again like oh just draw just drop a grenade in a group of thrall and drop heavy ammo for you you can be a little bit more liberal with using it to help people clear ogres to help clear out plates like it works it helps and I don't know. I guess I, I want to get your opinion on this, Corey. Like, do you think that those should continue to be gated like they are? Like, I kind of get the seasonal ones, although I really think even seasonal ones, like, you should be able to slot them for an entire year before you can't slot them anymore. Yeah, I mean, um, it seems kind of weird to kind of... 
I don't know. To to me, the whole sunsetting thing is is kind of weird in the first place, and just kind of trickling it down that like that is kind of. I mean, yes, I get that you want to get people to use the new stuff and not keep relying on the old stuff, but at the same at the same time, like with mods, I feel like mods are a little bit different because you could find yeah. you could like if you find like a really like mods can turn a decent weapon into a fantastic weapon right right or or you know at an okay armor piece with maybe like okay maybe it has like two or three stats that i like but adding this mod can really up it to where i'm never taking it off right like right i feel like mods are different than weapons and i don't i just don't feel like that they should be gating the mods because it took so long for mods to even be worth anything in this game to, I mean, to be honest with you, at least that's how I feel. Yeah. To then, like, you finally got mods in a good place, and now you're just going to kind of gate them behind this now? It just kind of feels... It feels a little... It sucks. Yeah. Uh, yeah, it really sucks, honestly. Like, I, I just feel like you can do so many cool things with mods to make the new weapons better. Like, you can... That's I think that's a cool way to bring, like, the past up to the present is, like... Okay, I collected these mods through here. I didn't really feel like they were necessary here, but oh, I have this awesome pulse rifle that maybe this mod can jack the perks up on this pulse rifle, and now it's like a killer pulse rifle that nobody knows about yet. You know what I mean? Like, I feel like I feel like that's a cool thing, and to gate them, it just frankly is. I feel like that's just like a bad decision. Well, and look, I, I had this discussion with a friend of mine with with my buddy John before. And John loves to experiment with different different loadouts, different mod builds, etc. Like he'll he'll find a concept and he'll like to build an entire build around it. And one of the things he really loved last season was war mine cells. War mine cells really only work though when you've got more than one person in your fire team running those mods. And so many people in the community were just like, "Well, what the hell are these?" Like, yeah, I mean, it's it was okay. almost like running Rat King by yourself almost. Basically, that's a, that's a really good description. And I kind of felt that way with Charge with Light, because I really liked Charge with Light. But once I started understanding it in Season of Dawn and the beginning of Worthy, it's like, well, you know, nobody else is really running it. Like, thankfully, that's a little bit more kind to a solo build. And this season, like, you know, like John, John and I are running a lot of Charge with Light mods this season. Uh, we've gotten, you know, other friends of ours, we've got Nerd Generalist and on and a few others. Like, we're, we're all running them and especially running things like high energy fire. Like, oh, somebody pop and like, I've got one that, oh, as soon as I pop my super, it charges everyone. And high energy fire lasts until you kill the enemy that you're firing at. Like, it only resets once you kill something. So if you're dumping into a raid boss, you're doing even more damage. You're in a group, you're in a well, you've already hit weapons of light, divinities on him. Like, you're doing like 100k a shot from Xenophage. You're doing two, three mil damage easily by yourself on a raid boss. Mm -hmm. And just from having that mod and from right. somebody else running a mod that helps. And like, I try to run my classes, I try to run my Hunter as a support class as much as I can. I run a lot of Divinity. Uh, I do high energy fire. I do the. Uh, the mod that allows, and I'm blanking on the name of a lot of the mods right now that I have on there. A radiant light, I think, is what it's called. And it's from this season, like you pop it, everybody becomes charged with light around you, and just things like that. Like, and I'm getting my super back almost instantaneously, you know, using either my tether or my celestial nighthawk. Like, either way, I'm helping the whole group out, and that's just how I play it. But that's 
something I would never have found without digging into these mods and playing with things that work. Like Lucent Blade takes Falling Guillotine, which is already the best heavy in the the best legendary heavy in the whole game. Mm-hmm. By far the best sword we've got in Destiny 2. And when you throw Lucent Blade on, you're doing even more. Your sword is recharging almost instantly, so you're constantly doing the spin attack. You layer that with something like Oppressive Darkness, and it's crazy. Like I like these mods that come in for a season and then leave with the artifacts. I just wish that our seasonal mods weren't that we can buy with our mod components weren't as restricted. Yeah, it would encourage people to play with more builds. I think like okay, introduce a concept like say we introduce something in Beyond Light. Bam! Everything this year is going to build on that. Maybe next summer is when we introduce a mod or two. Start getting you ready for builds in the fall. Mm-hmm. Like something like that. I don't know. Like I, I would love to see. And this season has basically been the charge with light season. Right. I love it. I love it so much. And like I, I have gotten instead of just it being like a novelty thing. It's like, oh my god, like this. If you want an easier time in raids and in nightfalls, this is the kind of stuff you need to be. Plus, like I feel like if you if you don't gate the mods, right? Like, and you could and you in new mods appear next season, right? Like you can mm-hmm. mix dark like some sort of weird darkness mod with some light mods and create some really unique and different builds that like maybe you could be like the oh, yeah. like uh i mean in a rpg equivalent like a red mage type character where like maybe you can be a support and a damage build right like yeah. I, I feel like there's cool things that you could do with that too like the, the build that i run it's designed to be support but it's also there to where, like, oh, if I'm not the one running Divinity and I switch over to Xenophage or Anarchy or something, I'm still doing, like, I can just switch out one weapon, and I'm probably, I, I will probably shoot immediately to the top of the DPS between that, my Celestial Nighthawk, hitting those crit spots, etc. I mean, like, we're in Scourge of the Past, and if you have a whole group of hunters running Nighthawk, like, that boss bar is going to go like that instantly. Mm-hmm. It's just going to disappear. Yeah. And so... I don't know. I guess that's just something I, I would encourage people to go play with, uh, with charge with light a lot. Um, and also I really like uh, the bunch of community managers were putting out earlier today. I, I'm record, we're recording this on Monday. They were putting out a call today. Like, what are the questions you have that are most pressing for the fall? And I think that's probably aside from how transmog is going to work. I think that's probably my biggest one is can we unlock the mods from the raids that you already have such a small, small chance of dropping? Can we unlock those to work with everything and not just with the armor from the season or the season after they came out? Like, it's just, it, it, it's not cool. Like, I have to keep Garden of Salvation armor as of right now to run Garden mods. I have to keep Black Armory armor, which I would love to transmog, but I don't know how that's going to work either in order to run black armory mods that i have last wish and so on and so forth it's um, that that's that is my rant for this week is bungie please 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 unlock mods yeah yeah that's i yeah it's a little weird i I don't know like like i said it's weird i get it but i really wish they'd unlock it i think it would encourage people to experiment with mods a little bit more rather than going well i don't have the armor it works on so i'm not even gonna bother or oh I don't really want to masterwork a piece of that armor to get all the perks and then use that. Like, eh, I can't plus use I, seasonal mods. Plus, like I guarantee you, like, maybe two or three weeks, somebody's going to find a weapon, and then you're going to start finding videos like, oh, man, this old mod would have been great on this weapon, and it's just... Oh, yeah. I, I guarantee it, so... Absolutely, uh, so... Uh, okay, what's next? Raid report. Uh, raid report, yeah. 
Yeah, yeah. What uh, what end game activities did we do this week that we liked? Corey, you go first. Well, let me tell you. Let me let me tell you. <laughs> I'd run the menagerie for <laughs> the uh, means to an end quest. <laughs> it was either that or some kind of weird crucible stuff. I was like, no, nah, I'm not doing that. No. So uh, I ran some menagerie, and let me tell you that that thing sucks. I hate the menagerie. You it's, hate the menagerie. It's fine. It's it's fine. But when you run it, when you have to run it like twelve times in three weeks just to get your your means yeah. to an end quest done, it's like, man, this this sucks. <laughs> so it, it reminded me why I haven't touched it in a year. Yeah. yeah. Um. It was fine as a seasonal activity. It's not something that I was exactly ever rear. Now, had they updated the loot pool a little bit more consistently or at all, I would have probably been like, you know what? Hell yeah, I'm gonna go run. A, I'm gonna run a menagerie every now and then. You know, get get some double drops going. Um, like I loved it last year. Uh, at the end of the summer, they gave us uh, weekends with extra menagerie drops. That was so great for going and farming things like Dust Rock Blues, uh, Fate Cries Foul. You know, a lot of these weapons that people were wanting to use, and then I think we were all regretting not farming Drangs. Yeah. But. <sighs> I mean, it was Aaron's Hill City in the Crucible for like six months. Yeah. But it just never evolved beyond that. They never updated the loot pools. And, you know, I get it. It wasn't a priority. You would have had to completely redo the loot tables and put that out. Like, all right. I kind of get it. I just really wish we would have seen some sort of update. Um, they probably knew that they were going to sunset it, though. Mm-hmm. And that's so, okay. Cool. You, you didn't update it. I don't really have a need to run it. I just don't like having to do it like two, three times to get my means to an end quest done. Mm-hmm. Um, that is just insufferable to me. I don't enjoy it at all. Yeah. So I mean, I I did that. I did some. I've I basically just been running my weeklies to get uh, my yeah. power level up. I'm what ten, almost ten fifty now. So I mean, I'm I'm mm-hmm. getting there. It just running that kind of stuff is, you know, I, I, Exhausting. yeah, I, I mean, I wish I, I had time to do more of the end game stuff like raids or, mm-hmm. you know, I mean, we ran a night, we ran a nightfall this week and nightfalls are always fun, but it's just like, okay, well, we're too powerful to make this challenging. And yeah, I don't really feel like trying the harder ones. Cause why it doesn't yeah. really do anything, you know, at the, at this point, it just doesn't feel like it does anything. So, uh, right. I don't know. I think that's partly why we found ourselves playing the division at some point this week. Uh, yeah, no, we talked a little bit about it before we started recording, but uh, we played we played so much Iron Banner this week. I, I mean, that was like the big thing this week was Iron Banner. Yeah. Uh, so I I played so much Iron Banner, and so did he, and we were just uh, we were just like, there's something else we could play just for like a night, you know, and mm-hmm. and so. It was it was between the division, Ghost Recon, not not Breakpoint, Wildlands, uh, uh, or Borderlands, and I was like, well, I don't feel like plugging in my PlayStation, so there goes Borderlands. Uh, Ghost Recon just doesn't sound fun. No. So the division, <laughs> and so the other Tom Clancy, <laughs> yeah. So we played we played the division and. Like that game's fun enough, right? But it, it it definitely does not feel like a destiny, like a a, 
a game as a service game. It definitely just feels like a third person shooter RPG that we played through for like, we played like three hours of it. I'm already a level 10. He's our, he's a level 30. I just started a new agent cause I didn't have one on Xbox apparently. Yeah. Uh, and like, it was fine. It's not fun when you're that low level because every encounter is a level 25 to 30. Right. And, uh, it just it, you're one shotted, so I would just mark all the activities and have him do it while I went and found the collectibles. Pretty much is what what was really happening, and like I don't know, I just the division is not. It's no. it's not it's not. So, uh, but yeah, I think the the big in game activity for me was just Iron Banner and trying to grind for the the gear and and trying to you know I got the the forward path and it's. I still think gnawing hunger is way better, uh, which we yeah, talked about yeah, already. Yeah, for, for sure. For and sure. Uh, you know, I, I it's like going from the S tier to the A tier. Yeah, and like I waited to turn it which on. Which isn't my bad. Which isn't bad at all. No, it's like, not. Complete clarification. It's I not. It's so like stuff I like to run in my energy slot other than gnawing hunger. Well, so. it's like it's like going from in Destiny One. It's like going from Soul Stealer's Claw to to the uh, adept version of the. Uh, the trials assault yeah. rifle pretty much is, is what it is. So I don't know. It, it was fine. I, I enjoy iron banner, but I probably played like a hundred matches at least this week. Oh uh, my Lord. I, I played I, probably 20 ish. Yeah. No, I, I, I like the iron banner gear. So like I mm-hmm. played it to get the gear and, uh, to the point where I start, I actually switched characters to do it. And let me tell you what, man, I've been playing a Titan for so long that when you switch over to a Warlock and a Hunter, you're just like, what game is this? Yeah, that That's how I feel when I go from my Hunter to my Warlock or my Titan, which only happens during Mayhem weeks, so I can get extra Bright Dust. Yeah. So all I have to do is just spam my Super for a couple matches. Yeah, well, I mean, like, the Hammers are just way OP in Mayhem. Like, it really, yeah. they just... Oh, I throw on Yeet Missile. Yeah, well, yeah, so, I mean... I love it so much. I yeah. Speaking of man, I want I want Mayhem Week to come back real soon. Is that happening soon? Uh, in like two weeks, maybe. Yeah, it should be. So. Yeah, we're coming up on the rotation because I think this next week is Momentum Control. Yeah. So. Okay. Sometime during Solstice, it'll be back. Yeah. Oh man, dude, that Solstice gear. But man, speaking of Solstice. Yeah, are we getting? Are we whoa, are we whoa, getting whoa. in? Are we getting? Baby, in the... we're 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 getting in the solstice. Okay, we're so... getting in the solstice. I have nothing interesting from Raid Report. I played a lot of Iron Banner. I lost a lot. I got mercyed a lot in the end. Yeah. Oh my gosh, isn't that the worst when you get mercyed? You're just like. I, so I I've, I haven't been mercyed in Iron Banner in so long that I kind of forgot what it was like because I've been running as like a five or six stack in it for so many seasons now. Yeah. That I solo queued a few and I was like, damn. Like I'm just, they're they're using my cloak as as their mop right now. It's so bad. Yeah. Like this is this is the worst. Like I'm still putting up some modest kills, but I'm not not competing. And it's okay. Like you don't even be playing a six stack to lose. It's just you're playing people that are better than you. The the end. Yeah. It's uh. I still enjoy Iron Banner a lot. I don't understand why people get so upset about it. Um. You know grind it out for a couple days. Don't do it all in one sitting. Do it over like two, three nights and uh, you'll or, uh, easily get it back. 
or six or seven. Uh, or six or seven. I, the, the bounty should not take you longer than two or three nights to do if you play like an hour and a half, two hours a night. Yeah, no, I can play. It's a guaranteed bounties. way to get pinnacle gear above 1050. So, like, for me, I'm like, okay, I'm going to grind these out even if I'm not having fun because I'm at like 1056. I need to keep going. I'm, I'm almost there. Give me that 1058, 1059 level gear. Uh, that and trials are two pretty reliable ways to try and get your power level up. Man, it's rough. Yeah. Uh, yeah, we got, we got mercy like four times in a row. And like, it, yeah. it was, it was, the whole thing was, uh, we were playing a clan and they were all in the same clan. Yeah. And they just, they wrecked us. And then we got, we went into yeah, orbit yeah. and they're like breaking up teams to, you know, whatever. We played the same exact team four times and it did that. Every so that time. was a lie. Yeah. Yeah, you clearly didn't break up the teams. You just shoved us back in, so we would get embarrassed. God dang. So, uh, <sighs> all right, anyways, the Solstice of Heroes. Solstice of Heroes. I'm so excited for this. Oh, man. I Let me tell you what, man. I've been looking at this at this gear for so long that... The, uh, the, the Solstice of Heroes is uh, genuinely my favorite time in the game, I think. It's, it's my favorite seasonal event. I love it every year. I don't like grinding for the armor, necessarily. Um, no, but, but this armor looks I amazing. Do, this, is, this is easily, across both games, this is the absolute best Solstice armor we've ever had. I, I would say this is the best like seasonal event armor we've ever had. Guardian games. <laughs> Guardian games. I'm so sorry if you paid for that armor. Uh, the, the Dawning set, the Festival of the Lost set from last year. Like this, this to me is easily far and away the best. Like I don't like my hunter looking floofy or you know like regal and majestic, but let me tell you something. That the hunter that chest piece. The hunter set looks awesome. The only thing I would probably not wear is the helmet, just because I don't like the horns coming out of it. But I will wear everything else gladly. It is, it looks so good. Yeah. Now, let, let's let's break this down for just a moment, real quickly. I, I've got the Schwab pulled up from last week. I've got the the uh, Solstice website pulled up. Uh, we're we're going to go over a few things here, real quickly. Um, so, as in previous years, you're you're going to start with a rare set, you're going to upgrade it to Majestic, and then you're going to do it to Magnificent. You It used to go like green, blue, purple. Um, we think it's still going to be like that this year. Um, they're just calling it rare to begin with. Mm-hmm. And then you're going to earn your Majestic, and then to masterwork it into the Magnificent, um, you are going to have a final list of objectives. So the first two, and it's going to be like, oh, collect orbs of this kind on this destination uh, on on certain days. Woo! Like it's just a whole bunch of busy work, basically. The first uh, the first tier or two. Once you get the legendary set completely upgraded, uh, once it's all legendary, then you start working towards the magnificent. Which magnificent is just your master working it. The objectives range from completely fine to absolutely absurd like borderline absurd for some players okay tell me tell me some of these objectives tell me some of these absurd objectives i i think i think this is incredible this is absolutely incredible so complete a night a nightfall ordeal on master difficulty oh god okay that's that's the first one. So we're assuming that's for the helmet, okay? So okay, that's that's gonna be a little rough, okay? That's it's gonna be a little rough, but you know 
you can't it is important to also know you can upgrade it from legendary to magnet or majestic to magnificent after the event is over you can continue to upgrade your armor you just have to get it to the legend you have to get it all legendary before the end of the event so not nearly as bad as in past years so you can wait and do the master difficulty at the end of the season if you're not confident enough now wait and get all those extra levels get some pinnacle drops in there and go for it it is it is difficult no matter what no matter what level you are the master nightfall sucks it is not fun. It is ridiculous. Wait until it's Lake of Shadows week, and then do it. <laughs> the second is complete a nightmare hunt. Not a master nightmare, not nightmare hunt, just a nightmare hunt. But, um, but those are... That's, gotta, that's, that's, gotta, ten minutes, that's like that's ten minutes tops. That's gotta ten be, minutes tops. That's gotta be for, like, the bark or the cape or... That that is for arms, as far oh, as we're right. aware. That's for arms. Okay. Uh, complete pit of heresy is presumed to be for the chest. Uh, also, fairly easy. You can get that done, knocked out in an hour. Uh, this is this is the this is the by far the most absurd one, and I personally love this because I don't see this as a huge deal. You could just win a handful of uh, round one matches. Win seven trials of Osiris Massage does not have to be on a single passage. Um, the community has been kind of like slowly imploding over this since this was data mined like a month, month and a half ago. Yeah. And they're like, why would you do this in the most broken game mode? Um, especially for PC players, like console players, it's not going to be as bad. It's still going to be rough, but you know, you, you can win a match or two and then, you know, reset your passage or whatever you get. You can probably get that knocked out in a weekend or two if you're really working at it. Um, and that is one of the triumphs for Moments of Triumph as well. So it should be noted for that. That is just, I feel bad for anybody who does not enjoy PvP or who does not have a squad to do it. That requirement genuinely sucks, especially if you're trying to upgrade the entire armor set the Magnificent. That sucks. Yeah. And then the last one is complete a Tier 5 Altar of Sorrow three times. Um, that is also fairly easy. Enough people will be on the moon doing it that you should have no problem getting that done. Yeah, that, um, that's... By far the worst are the Master Nightfall and the Trials of Osiris matches. Like, by far. Yeah, I think that Master Nightfall is probably the, the worst one. Uh, it, it, and it is bad, because you also have to... If this works like it, does in pa like it did in past years, you probably have to have the piece of armor equipped when you're doing this. Yeah. Which, which makes it even worse. Yeah. So, that's... Um, Important note, after you earn your Magnificent set, you can continue to earn randomly rolled pieces from opening Solstice packages in the EAZ, the Seasonal uh, Event Area. Uh, you can continue to get those. So, that's kind of cool. Uh, I love the look of like the cracked light coming through the armor. Yeah, I'm looking at it right now. Looks I, I think that's really dope. Um, so, you'll get the initial glow once you get the Majestic Legendary set. Um, the glow... Uh, I, and I presume as you upgrade to Magnificent, that's it's going to get shinier, the light's going to be bursting through more. There is a default glow that comes out of the armor, and it, it's the white glow. Mm -hmm. um, and then you can buy a universal ornament set for either silver or bright dust that you can slap on your armor on any armor, not just on your Solstice armor for the first time ever, on any armor. And it will glow based on the subclass you have equipped. So Solar, Void, or Arc. And yes, we have confirmation. Stasis will also be a part of this when Beyond Light launches. 
Um, the state seeing the hunter lit up with the stasis. That's the promo issue. The promo image they've released. Is that the that like, genuinely kind of like a purplish one? It, it's a really dark blue. Instead of it being like a light, almost like teal blue, which is the arc one. Yeah. Uh, it's a very dark blue. Okay. I because I'm looking. I am all about this. This promotional image has the Titan with the uh, with the the purple glow, which looks looks pretty cool. The the warlock with the blue the the arc blue looks really neat but the hunter with the with the orange coming out for solar looks that looks awesome i if i hadn't seen the stasis one i probably would have been like yeah i'm not gonna buy these uh on principle i don't buy stuff like that uh, i like the default glow that comes with the armor honestly yeah um i just sent you the stasis picture by the way um it's 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 kind of cool. I, I really like it. Um, the the white glow on the legendary magnificent set is done. It's always on once you complete the challenge, which is really really cool. And they will oh increase... yeah, this one looks cool because it's not really like it's almost like it's almost like inverted light on the chest piece almost. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Really I, cool. I really really like it. Um, it, it's cool. Uh, they're going to change their intensity depending on how much super energy you have. So I'm really looking forward to playing around with those glows. Honestly, I'm big, big fan of that. Big fan of the change that they've made to the armor this year. Yeah. Um, but of course, Corey, any event comes with my favorite thing, which is all the really cool shit I get to spend money on in the Eververse. Of course. And I really, really, really like everything that they have in there for the most part yeah for for anyone who has not peeped the image um some of the wares include two sparrows which also have the light cracking through them uh very much to match your armor uh, a ship that matches that and that that is such a badass ship i'm i'm buying the ship day immediately buying the ship uh two exotic emotes and three exotic ghosts, one of which is wearing like a Jamaican cabana hat, <laughs> and one of which is wearing an Indiana Jones cowboy hat. And let me say, cowboy hat ghost. It, me, it's such an OP look. Can I just get that? I, I, can I just get that? Can I just can I just get that? I just want it. I if if I can dress my ghost up like Indiana Jones, I will do it. All I'm saying is, I already have an Indiana Jones looking set for my hunter, including my pants. I always have a whip on. I am looking so forward to having this ghost accompanying me now and taking so many goofy selfies with it. Is it uh, the this, spelunking this is, shell? The ghost? Uh, I believe so. I don't remember what it's called exactly. Yeah, okay, because there's the spa- the backspin ghost, which has the visor on it, the cabana ghost, yeah. which has like the little... Yeah, yeah, it's the spelunking shell. Then. Yeah, okay. Okay. Uh, I'm extremely excited, and there is a special finisher coming that will only be for silver. It is an Iron Banner finisher, Ooh. and it is the axe from Rise of Iron that oh. is your finisher. Oh, yeah. Okay. I yeah. I I may I may have to uh, pay like nine bucks for that when it comes out. As Saladin is top three characters for me i will definitely oh, yeah. be absolutely no shame as a hunter i will probably be buying that emote the guy who was like i'm not buying any more finishers this year i bought the golden gun one i've gotten some awesome ones from the season passes i'm not buying another finisher i'm i'm probably gonna buy that one in all frankness yeah 
So, uh, yeah, that's basically Solstice of Heroes. You know, if, if you if you didn't play last year, they introduced a new zone, the European Aerial Zone. It's a completely destroyed city area that is floating. It's got some little islands around it. You're fighting uh, various types of enemies in there. And at the end of your uh, little excursion through there, because you want to defeat as many bosses as possible, the amount of bosses you defeat correlates to the amount of chests you get to open at the end. And the chests will be scattered throughout the zone. Uh, not everybody has to open the exact same chest. If one person opens a chest, everybody gets the rewards. Oh, nice. So, yeah, you kind of want to fan everyone out. They don't really give you markers, though. You have to kind of find them on your own. You pull up your ghost, and yeah, you'll see like little waypoints, but only when you're within a certain distance. Right. I think um, it's like, what, 200 meters, 150 something meters like or that. something? Yeah, it's yeah, something it's like that. It's the same that. with I the Calcified. Really, yeah, I think it's a really cool event. Um, I like the EAZ. By about week two, you're going to hear a different tune from me, and I'm going to be saying how much I hate this, yeah, how tired yeah. I am of going to this zone, and I will probably abandon it about a week, week and a half in once my armor is upgraded. Um, but that, that's how I did treat the Haunted Forest and the cookie baking and all that, too. Yeah. So looking forward to this. Uh, Summer Grandma will be back, of course, with new bounties for us, new rewards. Uh, very, very, very excited. Summer Grandma. <laughs> Summer Grandma. We, we give her a different name. We call her Fall Grandma, Christmas Grandma, Summer Grandma, Spring Grandma, Easter Grandma. Uh, we, Evil Avant goes by many different grandma names in this group. That's hilarious. That's so funny. <laughs> Summer Grandma. Summer Grandma. <laughs> oh, man. So, yeah, I'm, I'm actually really excited for Solstice of Heroes. I think it's going to give me something to do in this kind of I don't know if I'm, I'm not in a destiny rut. I'm just like, I feel like I've been doing the same things the last couple of weeks. And I'm just like, I yeah. want something new to do. Cause I feel like and after I those first couple of weeks, the repetition of the, um, uh, the, what do you call it? The, yeah. uh, means to an end quest. Yeah. We, we address this in like week four. It yeah. sucks. I'm so tired of running this quest. Like I, I had to remind myself to go finish it last night before I forgot about it. I, I almost forgot about it for a third week in a row. Yeah, and I've been finishing them like right before reset lately, like literally right before maintenance happens. I've been like in the mission speed running it basically. Yeah, I'm just like oh god, I got to run more menagerie, and then I can go do this. This is this is the absolute worst. And I just they're not hard. I just I don't like doing them by myself. First off, it's a slog to do by yourself. Even oh yeah, without a darkness. It's just, it's not fun. It was it's, fun like the first few weeks, and I'm doing it just for you guys. I'm doing it for the crispy lore goodness at the end. I'm just like... better start getting better again. Yeah. I'm just like, I, I hate too when like your whole group of friends has something different to do for that second part of the quest, and you're just mm -hmm. like, oh, come on. Like some yeah, it's some, because uh, like when you get off on weeks, that's yeah. that's how it happens, and it's just so annoying. I'm like, I counted it up. I was like, okay, I've got five weeks left of this crap, five weeks, and then like, I mean, my break is basically as soon as I'm done with the solstice armor, uh, I'm taking a self-imposed massive break until at least at the beginning of Festival of the Lost, maybe until like halfway through. Yeah. I'll tune in to do my means to an end quest. I'll do the Exodus quest and. Uh, you know, do some weeklies here and there, play a little bit of bananas, maybe some trials, but for the most part, like, I'm just, I'm not going to be on every day. I, I did so many raids in the month of July that I'm just brain dead right now. Yeah. I'm just like, I, I'm like pooped on anything that requires any sort of effort in the game. Yeah. <laughs> and that's just, that's a really frustrating place to be at, I think. So I, I definitely want to take a break, get myself, whew, 
get myself moved, get myself relaxed. And then as soon as beyond light hits, just jump in with both feet. Yeah. Yeah, for so. sure. I, I'm, uh, I'm going to try to finish up a couple of these exotic quests. I still need to get Xenophage. Uh, yeah, I'm on the last part of that. And then, uh, you know, after I finish up some of these exotic quests and do some of the solstice stuff, I'm I'm probably right there with you. I just I don't want to be burned out before Beyond Light because I right. feel like when Beyond Light comes out, I'm that's the only. Well, and and with how long this season is too, that's part of what's going to be adding to the fatigue. Because yeah. I usually get to this point when I've got about a month left in the season of okay, I've done just about everything. I'm just waiting on the thing that's going to drop at the very end. I can take like a, I can afford to take a week or two off now. Now it's like okay. I'm gonna push through. I'm gonna get. I'm gonna get solstice done, and then I'm just. I'm done for like six weeks. Yeah. Like I can take the biggest break I've taken in over a year at that point, and just come back completely refreshed. Like I kind of hope the Series X launches at like the end of October now, so I can enjoy Halo for a little bit because I'm gonna be trying to juggle Halo, Cyberpunk, and Destiny all at the same time. Spoiler alert: It's not gonna go well for Destiny. Yeah, I've. I'd, the same way it's going to be like Halo, Destiny, and then uh, Assassin's Creed Valhalla for me. And it's like, yeah, how do you balance all this? And I like Cyberpunk is going to become what I call a project game where it's going to take me like two or three months probably to get through it just because I need to wait for like a lull in both Destiny and Halo, especially if Halo's multiplayer ends up being really good again. Yeah. Or like Warzone gets its hooks in me, then it's going to be like, okay. Now I can take my break and just do nothing but cyberpunk for like two weeks straight. Right. <laughs> yeah. So we'll see. And that's without, you know, taking into account what Nintendo's doing. If you're getting PS5, you're going to have Miles Morales to play. You're Godfall to play. Yeah. Also, don't forget, you're going to have the Avengers to play in a month or so. I'm. I have so many opinions on that game right now. <laughs> I uh, I'm I'm withholding judgment until I play the open beta in two weeks, but um, it's uh, it's not looking good, y'all. It's yeah. not looking good for my chances to enjoy the adventures. <laughs> yeah, I'm just like uh... that's a whole other show, though. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, about that. So, uh, all right, Josh, it's part of it's it's time for everyone's favorite part of the show. I don't know about that. The lore corner. Uh, lore corner. Lore corner is actually going to be short, sweet, and to the point this week. Um, I frankly thought for this topic there was a lot more to discuss, and it turns out the game pretty much spoon feeds it to you. So uh, this week we are talking about Eris Morn and what exactly was she doing between the events of the end of Destiny 1 and when we meet back up with her in Shadowkeep. Um, Eris leaves the tower, uh, makes plans to leave the tower during the Age of Triumph in Destiny 1. What The event that concluded Destiny 1 and canonically was being celebrated when the tower was attacked um, during the festival day. And just before she left, she visited her friend Asher Mir, who you might know as the crazy, insane uh, Uncle Rick-looking guy from uh, Io. And he had recently... Uh, been hospitalized and was comatose due to his encounter with the Genesis mine in the Pyramidian. Um, she imparted a warning to the Vanguard that a storm was coming. Uh, this has become widely believed in the community to be referring to the events of the tower falling, the traveler being taken, etc. Um, but we don't actually know for sure. Uh, that is one interpretation. Another interpretation is that uh, when the storm is coming, maybe she's been. Maybe she was referring cryptically to the darkness coming back, and not necessarily to Gaul. Uh, 
Whether or not um, that is what happened, we don't honestly know. That's from a lore card that actually was one of the last Grimoire cards released from Destiny 1 during the actual Age of Triumph. Um, and then Eris kind of goes dark for, for a couple of years. Uh, we get messages during Forsaken that we believe are from Eris, but we come to find out are really being sent to us by uh, Quira, the Vex Mind, and uh, Savathun. Like, e even Ikora gets her spies, the Hidden, of which uh, Eris is technically one of. They get in touch with Eris, and she hears from Eris's own lips, I'm not sending those messages, somebody is impersonating me. We have determined that that's Savathun. We get those, we get those uh, messages, the letters from Eris, um, every couple of weeks in the <clears throat> in the city, and she just kind of during her travels, she encountered a throne world that was in the ascendant plane that belongs to it being aligned with the light. We don't really know much beyond that. It's been speculated that maybe she came across Marasov's new throne world, or perhaps she came across a throne world that we've unknowingly created, but we've never had to actually access due to us killing Crota and killing Oryx, slaying Atheon, you know, slaying all these beings of immense power. <clears throat> At some point following the death of Cade Six, she journeyed back to the moon in her search for answers. And she came in contact with the pyramid. She unknowingly unleashed the nightmare curse upon the system. Um, at that point, of course, the events of Shadowkeep take place. She imparts us to investigate the pyramid by any means necessary. Uh, you know, Ikora asks us to kind of keep an eye on her, make sure she's there. She's being tormented by these phantoms, which, of course, we will later find out, some of which are the ghosts of her fallen fire team members. Um, and over the course of the campaign, we eventually do enter the pyramid, of course, and we obtain a spherical object that we then give to her. Um, this will come into play in just a few minutes, but... We, we help her cleanse her memories of her fallen fire team members by gathering artifacts relating to each of them. Of course, we craft the Xenophage with her, with uh, <clears throat> one, uh, um, Omarga in bug form, powering the weapon. Um, she would set us out on the path of wiping out the Vex during the Vex Offensive on the moon and uh, would warn us to be cautious and wary of any more messages from the darkness while she continues to study the sphere that we recovered from the pyramid. She later entered the pyramid herself and touched an altar in there, a hooded altar, and became overpowered by an element of the darkness. Uh, and she smiled to herself. Now, we don't know if Eris was possessed or anything like that. That was the common thought when we first saw that, that cutscene. Crap, Eris has been possessed. And a lot of things that happened in some of these lore pieces leading up to subsequent seasons would indicate that darkness was trying to do the same thing to Osiris, was trying to do the same thing to Anna Bray what is actually happening here. Uh, it is now pretty widely believed that that is the first image that we saw of stasis. She doesn't have her light powers anymore because her ghost is dead, but she now has powers from the darkness, and this is why she's seeking to understand it a bit more. Uh, currently, right now, Eris is residing in the cradle on Io, attempting to commune with the darkness and helping us and imparting us to fight back against the forces of Sabathun with the Drifter. And that is your short, sweet, and to the point war corner this week. Eris Morn and what she's been doing. Not a whole lot. Yeah, apparently. I I just, Eris is a, look, man, ever since Eris came into the picture, right, with the three, three, what, acolyte eyes in her face just shoved in yeah. there. Just like, whoa, somebody's, somebody's, uh, 
She's uh, she's she's pretty hardcore, man. Yeah. Um, hardcore is the <laughs> word I would use. Yes. <laughs> but yeah, there, there's there's just that Eris is such a fascinating character, and but we know a lot of her history before she met us, rather than what she's actually doing now. She's like Mara. She's doing a lot behind the scenes, and I expect a big old light to get shown on both of them, as well as the Drifter and on the Stranger, etc. In Beyond Light, I think Beyond Light is kind of our like Avengers assemble moment, really, for the franchise, where we have to kind of decide: do we want the light or do we want the dark? Yeah. Um, or is there a way to toe the line? And Shin Malfer seems to believe there's a way to toe the line for our Guardian, in particular, for the Young Wolf. So we'll have to wait and see what happens. Yeah, I. Uh... Look, I still watch that trailer from time to time, the reveal trailer or the. Oh, like, so it's so great! Like their, their cinematic trailers have always been fantastic. Oh my gosh, they're so good! I've actually watched quite a few of them recently. Uh, mm-hmm. That one, the remember, remember when they were doing the live action stuff for a minute with a uh, like in Destiny One. I do. I was never a massive fan of it. I thought it was cool, like it was a get hype thing, but I prefer these uh, these CG trailers, quite frankly. Yeah. I love this one. The one for uh, Forsaken, of course, which ended up being one of the opening cutscenes, the death of Cade 6. We actually saw completely in cutscene form ahead of time. Yeah, uh, I strongly suspect that this cutscene or this trailer that we got is actually going to be a, one of the opening scenes of Beyond Light. Yeah. So, except I could see like our guardian totally being there too. Yeah. Um, but we have two more big pieces to get through in our uh, kind of series dealing with the Hive, the Awoken, etc. Before we move into some miscellaneous topics before the uh, the end of the season. Uh, now that we've gotten to expand everything, um, the next few weeks we're gonna we're gonna tackle Nocris, we're gonna tackle Zevorath, and of course we're gonna deal with the big bad herself, Savathun, the Witch Queen herself. We are going to talk about her her at length here in a few weeks, probably towards the end of the solstice, we're going to talk about her. Um, that one is going to be one that is going to require a very deep dive and will require us telling the story of not only Savathun and the Orsinium court, uh, AKA the, tri- the triumvirate between herself, Oryx, the Taken King and Zivu Arath, but also uh, a dive into what exactly is the sword logic that we keep bringing up. Um, and why is it so important to our understanding ultimately of the darkness? Yes, Destiny? I'm excited for that because the sword, the sword logic is something that you always hear about, like, yeah, especially when you're on the moon, <laughs> kind of going down into the, mm-hmm. you know, that the hell mouth and all this other stuff. And you're, you're like, you kind of understand it, but it, it, I think a lot of people would feel way better if they actually knew what was happening with the sword logic. It's something that now with us getting more and more into the darkness and clearly that they are setting up things for over a year away from now. Like I did not expect Savathun to be front and center in the season like she is right now. I expected her to be dealing with the pyramids. I didn't think she would be so intertwined with the seasonal lore and with the going ons of the of the events. Um, but she's kind of been pulling strings for a couple of years now, so it makes sense she's coming to the forefront. They're clearly building up to her in a way that I think, in retrospect, they would have liked to have done with Oryx. Yeah. Uh, or even Gaul. Um, so I, I really appreciate that. I really like the, the care that they're taking with this story. Uh, but ultimately, to understand her motives and to understand what's going on, we, we have to understand two core things, and that's the history of the Orsinium Court and the Sword Logic. Um, that may actually have to be split across two weeks, frankly. So we'll wait and see. But everybody, please look forward to that. Get any and all questions you have about Sabathun, the sword logic, the yes. Ascendant Realm. 
Yes, you can. Uh, you can email get your, all of that in, please. Yes, you can email your questions to towercasuals at gmail or tweet at towercasuals. We will we'll be taking any and all questions that you yes. might have about the sword logic. So, yes. so or that's any, all I've got for any four corner this subject. week. Yeah, for for any lore, any lore related questions, lore lore questions, loadouts, etc. You know, send, send those questions in. We, we want do. To answer. We do have some questions stored away for a rainy day too. So. You know, um, I actually would like to get one of, to one of those questions before we wrap up and get out of here. Okay. Um, a couple weeks ago, I, I was I was wanting to save this until we talked about the Cosmodrome more at length, but uh, now with the massive delay in the season, uh, we're not going to get to that for quite a while, probably until we get a few more details on it. Um, our friend, one of our beloved raid friends, and one of the members of the Discord that we hang out in, and a fellow streamer, Nerd Generalist, asked us a couple weeks ago, uh, did we think that this was the right time to bring back Gallarhorn? Um, Corey, I'm going to let you go first on this one, and then I'll, I'll, I'll give you all my answer. Um, man. Pulling a fast one on you here. I, I man, I, I don't know. Like, I, I, I think Gallarhorn is such a special weapon to so many people just mm-hmm. because of how important it was to year one. And then, you know, if people didn't play in year one, the Rise of Iron, you if people remember, you actually went on a quest to put the Gallahorn back together. Uh, and that was actually a really cool quest uh, to do. It was short, but it was still fun. And to, and even though it was kind of nerfed at that point, it was still one of the, the better weapons, I would say. Uh, Gallahorn, is it time to bring it back? I think it would be, it would be an event. Um, I think it would be an event to bring Gallahorn back. Um, I think they would have to do it in a way, maybe as like a, a seasonal kind of event type thing. Uh, man, I, I really don't know. I think here's the thing. I think if they brought Gallahorn back, they would have to make it an event. They would have to, to make it, it would be almost, I feel like if you were to put the Gallahorn back together again, it would be almost the way how secretive uh, Sleeper Simulant was in Destiny 1 or, you know, like that kind of a quest where uh, it couldn't just be like the Rise of Iron quest where you just put it back together again, right? Like, I think they would have to make it some sort of, maybe not that difficult, but more of like, or even if you, even if you did something like the Outbreak Perfected quest line, like, I, I feel like that might be a better way to achieve getting Gallahorn, but right. I wouldn't say no to bringing Gallahorn back. Um, I just hope the, the consequences of having, of not having Gallahorn won't make their, make their way into the game. Like they did in destiny one. Uh, yeah, I, I think that's kind of where I fall on it too. Like I, I've been pretty adamant for a long time that, Gallarhorn was never going to be in Destiny 2, that they were going to save it for a Destiny 3, mm-hmm. uh, because that would be like the end of the franchise. But with with this happening now, um, and with with the Cosmodrome coming back, with the DCB vault happening, I think that kind of causes me to reevaluate everything that I think can and can't come back. Like at this point, the only weapon that I'm pretty adamant is never coming back is icebreaker because it actually broke the game. Mm-hmm. Um, not in a fun way either. Like it made it made trials and PVP almost unplayable yeah. at a certain point. Yeah. Um, 
I, I can't see them ever allowing Icebreaker back in. Uh, that was a truly exotic weapon, too. I think Gallarhorn has... I would say there's three chances for Gallarhorn to come back in this game. Uh, one could be as, as soon as... Well, really two, I guess. Um, I, I say three because, yeah, you could do the Rise of Iron mission. You could unvault that, which I think would be really cool personally. Mm-hmm. But I also don't think it would hit quite the same now. Mm-hmm. Um, knowing that we've already done it before. I, I could see an Outbreak-style mission. Um, once we know that the Crota's end rate is coming back, I think they'll release Gallarhorn as like a ha-ha joke. Like, ha, we got you. Like, yeah, hey, we're putting it back in. This is our confirmation that Crota's end is coming like next season and we're just not telling you about it yet. Um, since that's what everyone famously used it for. Mm-hmm. Uh, I can see that happening, but doing an Outbreak-style mission in the old tower again, but this time like a tongue-in-cheek reference to the fact that we couldn't use our vault... Yeah, um, or like they find out. Oh, like there, there's a there's a faint signal transmitting from the old vaults in the reef. You're gonna have to storm the Vestian outpost and access the vault. You 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 have to recover the Gallarhorn before Erasmus's people can get to it, or something like Mithrax shows up to fight with you again, or something. I could see some really cool mission like that. I think if Gallarhorn comes back, like you said, it has to be a special event. There has to be a reasoning behind it. It can't just be the... And the Rise of Iron mission was a special thing. Mm-hmm. We all knew it was coming back, but we didn't know how. And that was that was a special moment to get it like mm-hmm. that. Yeah. Uh, even though it was a fraction of what it used to be in terms of power. That was one of the few moments like in Destiny 1 that I felt like a complete god-killing badass was running around with unlimited Gallarhorn ammo, just blowing up tanks left and right. Right. It, it, it was incredible. It, it's a beautiful moment once you get to it. Yeah. Um, I really enjoy that. Uh, the only other time... So if they don't do it leading into Crota's End, or if that's not like a Whisper or Sleeper-style mission uh, sometime in the next year, I'm pretty sure they're going to hold off until we go into Lightfall. Uh, I think there's a potential they hold it till 2022. Yeah. Uh, because it. I, I don't want to say that, oh, Lightfall is going to be the end of the franchise, but they have planned it out for three more years. That is probably at the very least the end of Destiny 2. They keep saying, oh, no Destiny 3, no Destiny 3. Well, you can make it Destiny 3 and just let us bring everything over. Like, at a certain point, this engine is going to have to be upgraded. Yeah, whether you, that's don't, you don't next think... Next year or something. You don't think... So you are under the, you're kind of going off that Beyond Light wasn't going to be Destiny Three at some point. Um, I mean, if they were still under Activision, I'm saying if they were under Activision, it absolutely would have been Destiny Three. Um, uh, I'll and I'll st- I'll stand by that assertion. Yeah, it at the very least would have been Destiny Three. Um, they might have gotten away with making it another expansion, but. At the very least, Beyond Light, like with the new subclass, you know, with Stasis being added, it's the first new elements they're gonna add. That's brand new guns you gotta add. That's that's new legendaries, new exotics. Hell, even new rares that you gotta add. That's new mods you gotta add for everything. That's a whole new subclass. But you also or skill tree, I guess, and you got three skill trees within that as well. Like it takes a lot to develop things like that for this game. But that is. That is Forsaken style. Like that is that is something they did there. So they just added one to each element. Here they're adding three into a brand new one. We don't even know about other balancing or like RPG mechanics. Like the game is shifting much more towards an RPG than it has been in the past. 
Yeah. And I think that's great for the game's longevity, but I think that does make it a little bit more confusing for casual players. Um, so yeah, I guess I operate under the assumption that that was going to be it. Like, I think this kind of starts the next phase of Destiny 2, like the back half almost. We're, we're entering the back nine with Beyond Light, I think. Yeah. Uh, we've, we've gone through the vanilla release. We've gone through Forsaken. We've gone through Shadowkeep. Um, and Shadowkeep, like we've said many times on this very show, was very much a transitional expansion. It's it's easily the weakest of the four major expansions we've ever gotten. Yeah. Uh, far and away the weakest, I think. But that weak doesn't mean bad. Uh, I do think Season of Arrivals has helped it a lot. I think Season of Dawn helped. Um, and I think it genuinely, like, the, the overall quality of life changes it brought were actually really good. But going a little bit deeper, Beyond Light... Witch Queen, like Witch Queen, has to be a massive expansion. It can't be a Shadow Keep size thing. No, You've been building I, this out of since 2017. Yeah, I feel like I feel like the Witch Queen is definitely going to be there, taking King, made like a Forsaken size, maybe taking King. Oh size, yeah, I sure. expect it to at least be the size of what Beyond Light looks to be. Yeah. Uh, by then, you'll be fully in next gen swing. Um, I mean, heck, they could even charge like 60 bucks and be like, hey, this is the new standard version of the game. Um, brand new engine and everything, but this is kind of how, how we're helping fund it. Mm-hmm. Um, you got to leave the Halo Reach engine behind at some point. Yeah. Is that what they're I, running on still? I believe they're running on a heavily modified version of the Halo Reach engine, but Jeez. I'm not quite sure. I mean, I, I knew Destiny 1 was on it. Yeah, I, kn- I knew that, but and I know that it's... I know that, well, I guess that makes sense because I know they're running on, a, it's a mod, a heavily modified version of the Destiny 1 engine. Yep. So, yep. man. I, uh, and I mean, it takes money to R&D an engine. Like, well, let's, let's be abundantly clear here. Like, the Slipspace engine was in development for years before it was used on Infinite. Right. They were working on it before Halo 5 and they couldn't get it done in time, which led to 343 getting really pissed off about it because they still had to get the game put out. Yeah. Like Unreal 5 has been in development for years and years at this point. Right. Like they're just now showing these engines to the public. Like I my guess is Bungie may use a proprietary engine. They may I don't know if they'll develop one in-house or if they'll license out uh, Unreal I, or Slipspace. I have heard that this engine is incredibly difficult to use where it's al- it's almost frostbite levels where like things that would take Unreal maybe a couple weeks to implement it takes them months to implement and that's why you don't see community feedback happen for seasons yeah. on end yeah they they addr- i think luke smith addressed it either it was early this year or late last year um kind of in a state of the game that he did i think it was during season of dawn yeah people were like kind of like seasons suck man and he was like oh dude trust me like we know we're changing seasons completely for the fall but he said you know things take so long to update because it's built with what we call spaghetti code Mm-hmm. And it's just kind of like heaped in there, and you're trying to make sense out of it. You're trying to find where it begins and where it ends. Like you have to go through strands and strands and strands of code because you don't know where the issue is occurring. It, it is not easy to work with. I need he's expressed a desire to want to move on from it. So I this this kind of tangented from Gallerhorn, but it is a conversation that needs to happen as a community is when when is the right time to move away from this engine? If you ask me, it was this fall. But you couldn't exactly go, boom, next gen only this fall. Like, no, you gotta you gotta give people a warning to go get the go get these consoles. Like you have to make it the very least it has to be able to run on the one on the uh, series S. Yeah. That's coming out. That's like your bare minimum. Like, okay, 1080, 60 frames, that's your bare minimum on a console. Do you think do you think we will get a Destiny 3 though? 
Or do you think they'll be done after Lightfall? Or do you think they'll make another expansion? I don't know if Lightfall is going to be the end. Um, I think it's very interesting that they told us that the next they have the next two expansions. Mm-hmm. That's something they've never done before. Um, it's always been very much in this year and this year. I think part of it is to kind of reassure people who were speculating a lot about Destiny 3, like, oh, it's got to be coming soon. It's got to be coming soon. And I was in that camp. I thought for sure next fall was it. I was like, they're not going to do Sabathun without her being the enemy of an entire game. Mm-hmm. And they're doing it. I mean, there's still plenty of other threads out there, like Callus and Callus's daughter are still hanging out out there. Like, we're taking a break from the Cabal for at least a year here. Yeah. We're wrapping up the fall, and now, like, they're about to be under Mithrax and uh, Eryx's control, presumably, after all this is said and done with Erasmus. Like, we know we're going to be dealing with stasis-powered enemies this whole year. Like, at what point does Sabathun try to use that, you know? And then how does she play, you know, next year? Like, taking down her. You still got Zivu Aratha through. You still got Kira out there. Um, who knows what's going to happen with Aldrin? Yeah. You've got, you've got so many other things. Like, you know, like, oh, is, did Eris and Osiris get possessed, you know? Uh, how are we going to go about unvaulting all this old stuff? Like, there's so many questions. And like, why is Vault of Glass coming back? You know, like, I mean, there has to be right. a lore reason for that to come out of the vault. You think you would have to think I, because like, if you, I mean, you look at, you look at Curse of Osiris, that opening cutscene takes place in the Vault of Glass. You actually see Guardians raiding like, like, I, you know, when he freezes time and he walks through, walks through the, uh, the, oh crap what's that room called you know what i mean where like i'm gonna say yes i haven't i'm gonna be honest i've seen that cutscene one time and it's the one time that i played that expansion which was almost three years ago so i don't really remember it but oh, i'm gonna go with well, your understanding and interpretation of it no what it's it's uh in vault of glass where it's the room where you have to shoot the oracles oh yeah 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 or yeah 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 okay you see like you see a team of guardians actually running through that room and actually running the vault of glass raid and he like f- he comes through and kind of freezes time and you know the vex see him right and that's how like the expansion starts the vex see him and then you go gotcha, looking for him but gotcha. uh yeah man i, I there's got to be a lore reason f- for that i um yeah i i think that so vex gates are kind of tricky when it comes to lore like there's multiple entry points into Vex constructs. So, like, the Pyramidian, there's there, there's another Pyramidian on, on uh, Europa, for example. Right. There's another Pyramidian-looking structure there. Like, is this the same one, just in different space and time? Like, it, are we, when we go into the Vault of Glass, are we going back to Venus right away, or are we going to do it through Nessus? Yeah. You know, uh, personally, I, I'm a fan of the Nessus interpretation. I do think that we're going to do it in Nessus, um, my guess honestly would have been going in through the Pyramidian on IO before they vaulted the planet. I mean, heck, we might even do it from Europa, frankly. Yeah. Um, I think there's a lot of possibilities there that are really, really cool, but there, the, the lore reason that I've had speculated with people and kind of debating whether to save this for a topic or not, there are guardians that are lost, um, lore wise in, the vault and there is one that's prophesied to eventually eventually get out um and i've seen it speculated in the online lore community that we are going to be the one to free that guardian and that guardian will come back to the tower be a vendor things like that maybe be a raid vendor um i think that would be a really cool way to kind of wrap the story of the vault of glass once and for all but we also don't know how the raids are coming back like is it going to be the exact same mechanics is it going to be different like with you saying you're unvaulting it, are you going to get the option for the classic raid and the new raid, or what's going to happen there? 
Yeah, are they going to give you the, are they going to give you the one that they released at the end of Destiny One when they brought all the raids back? I'm assu- my interpretation is that we're getting that that we're gonna it's it's still going to be the classic raid, but with some twists. Like Luke Smith's already made the quip about, oh well, we're gonna we're gonna throw some champions in there for you guys. Which if it's anything like Garden of Salvation, it won't be too bad. Yeah, um, it's just enough to kind of annoy you. Mm-hmm. But you know, throw those in. Um, Maybe have a side tangent, have another, have a, have a fifth room added or something. Like, have an encounter between the Gorgon Maze and jumping down to Atheon's Chamber. Maybe have something between that and the jumping puzzle. Where you go off on a tangent to save this Guardian, and it happens kind of like Last Wish. Like, they help you vanquish Atheon once and for all. Mm-hmm. Um, something like that. I could see something like that really cool happening. Um but I don't know. Like, I think there's so many possibilities that you can do there. And lore reasons, like, even something we're not even thinking of right now, I'm sure. Like, maybe we take out Kira for good. Maybe she shows up in this raid and we take her out. Like, she's, you know, we kill Atheon and we think, oh, it's all over. And then, boom, another boss phase starts. Yeah. And she's there with Sabathun's army of Taken or something. Like, some absurd encounter mechanic like that. Like, who knows? There, there's so many things you can do there. And... I'm kind of content just to sit back and see, like, are they going to give us Venus in the spring? Like, I think that's probably my most pressing question about content is, we know we're getting the Cosmodrome, we know we're getting Europa. Is Venus a secret third location we're going to get in the spring yeah. with the Vault Glass? Yeah, because how else would you access the Vault, right? Like, I mean... I mean, well, if, if, but if it operates like a Vex construct, like, we, there's a scannable, I forget if it's on IO or on Nessus, you can go scan a Vex gate, and Ghost actually tells you, like, this... This appears to lead to the Vault of Glass, but it's inactive. I think it's on Nessus. So, yeah. So, I mean, the Vex network is connected through space and time. Like, I mean, we were able to access the Garden of Salvation from the moon, for God's sake. We never even knew there were Vex on the moon. Like, there's so many absurd things that you can do. And uh, I'm just kind of excited to see where the next six months or so take us in terms of that. Probably have a better idea once Christmas hits of what we're going to get the back half of the year. Yeah. So. Okay. That's my long-winded answer. No, I do not think we're getting Destiny 3. I think Destiny 3 is a pipe dream. I think they will drop the two officially next fall once we move to next gen completely. Um, Once it is only on Series X, PS5, Stadia, and (laughs) Stadia, and PC. Uh, (laughs) I think they're they're going to finally drop the two. And um, I think the I think the content fault is their way of still be still allowing current players to get to access the content for this year and possibly next year, um, but give everybody else next fall all the content from Destiny Two and possibly content from Destiny One. Yeah, if they can compress it and get into a new engine. Yeah. yeah. So, could you imagine them just releasing like? a new version of quote destiny and it it literally just start it, like if you're a new guardian it literally just starts over <laughs> uh i would i would low-key love every story mission from both games to be accessible at any time yeah uh within this game i think it's a little ridiculous that you can't do it even if you have to go through like a menu and just select your missions yeah um and like they're not accessible from the actual planet screen which is fine because the planet screens are already convoluted as it is yeah like Give me those. Give me those. Give me some new adventures in these old locations. Like, give me plenty of stuff to do. Like, make it really feel like an MMO. Give me all those. Give me those, like, 10 to 12 strikes that were in Destiny 1. Give me the four raids. Like, give me all the content you can possibly muster. Right. And if you have the manpower to bring over, give it to me. Figure out how to compress this game. Right. 
Yeah, I just I wonder, especially like, I don't know. I, I we'll save this conversation for another time because we have yeah. been running over a little bit, but <laughs> our half hour show has turned into an hour and a half. So, <laughs> uh, yeah, wait, well. I mean, I I do have more questions, but we'll we'll answer them next time. So, yeah. Uh, anyways. I want to thank everybody for watching and or listening to Tower Casuals. Remember, you can find us live on twitch.tv slash Boss Rush Games live every Monday night. Uh, you can catch it on podcast services and YouTube on Thursdays. Uh, yeah, I think I think that's it. You can find it on our website as well at BossRushGames.com. Josh, where can we find you? I mean, as always, at Josh underscore Finn on Twitter with two N's. Follow me for uh, for more sandwich talk and uh, random musings about how upset I am that I don't know how much I'm paying for a next-gen console yet this fall. I know. Isn't that ridiculous? And my ongoing quest to locate Elite Series S controller. Yes, the the robot white, as they say. Yes. Uh, you can you can find me at I am Corey in HD on Twitter and Instagram. Uh, you can also find me on various other content here on Boss Rush Games. Thank you guys so much for watching, and until next time, we love you.